Welcome, and thank you so much for joining us. I'm Sandra Ladd, and I'm the Senior Minister for First Christian Church Stillwater. We are growing a Christ-centered, compassionate church where all can connect to God's love. And we hope that in this time you experience growth. We pray that this time will help you focus and center on Christ and that in this time you will sense care and compassion. We pray that this time provide you with a deeper connection to the love of God. Grace and peace be with you. And again, we thank you so much for gifting us with your time. Last week, we completed the book of Ruth, our summer series, and a four-year rotation of the narrative lectionary. So today, we kick off our fall series with the theme, Room at the Table, using scripture from not the narrative lectionary, but the revised common lectionary. So hopefully if you've been here over the course of the last four years, you've learned a little bit about the narrative lectionary. Today we're going to learn about the revised common lectionary. If you are completely lost on the word lectionary, let me help you out just a little. It's nothing more than a collection of scripture readings designed to help you move through the Bible from beginning to end in meaningful ways. It was developed by scholars from a number of mainline churches, mainline Protestant churches, including Disciples of Christ, Methodist, Presbyterian, Episcopalian, Lutheran, and other denominations as well. The Revised Common Lectionary is a three-year cycle, so we're going to be going through a, a, a course of scripture for three years every week, and there, it's used actually in a variety of ways. Not every church uses it in the same way. But the cool thing about the number of churches that use it is the unity that there is in knowing Christians and churches throughout the world are studying these passages with us today. The RCL is built around the seasons of the church. So in case you're not familiar with the seasons of the church, we have seasons just like there are seasons in the world, but they're a little different. We start with Advent, that begins our season, and then Christmas, Epiphany, and then Lent, Easter, and then Ordinary Time, which we're in right now. Um, there are also special readings for special times in the, in the Holy Cycle, like Pentecost, All Saints Day. During most of the year, the readings will include an Old Testament reading, a psalm, a letter from or reading from the epistles or the letters that Paul wrote to the churches and a gospel reading. Uh, again, there are a variety of ways that these can be used. Throughout the fall series, I will inform you of all the scriptures that are in the Revised Common Lectionary for that week because they all share a common theme and it's really cool to read all of those scriptures, one from the Old Testament, the Psalm, the Gospel, and the letters, all speaking in unity on the same topic, but we're gonna be highlighting the letters or the letters that Paul wrote to the churches, also known as the epistles. The first three weeks, we're gonna be in 1 Timothy with the series called Room at the Table. The other assigned readings today, if you're interested, and if you have a note, if you can jot these down. If not, text me or call the church and I'll give them to you. Exodus 32, 7 through 14. Psalm 51, 1 through 10. The gospel is Luke 15, 1 through 10. 
And I'll tell you the common thread in all of those texts is God's deep desire to seek out and to save the lost. We're going to do something a little different today, so I want you to bear with me, okay? These are shorter passages. They're not as long as what we have been studying. So instead of having an assigned reader today read the passage while you listen, I'm going to ask you to stand if you're able. And you're going to notice that I was so glad that uh, Itzel pointed that out today. If you are able, stand. If you're not able, there is no, uh, just be humble and remain seated. There's no special thing about standing or sitting. But stand if you're able. Grab a pew Bible and turn to 1 Timothy. We're in chapter 1. I should have gotten the page number. So somebody who finds it, shout out the page number for me. 1 Timothy chapter 1, and we're going to be looking at verses one, or verses 12 through 17. 1 Timothy 1, 12 through 17. Anybody found a page yet? 196. Did I say that right? 196. Turn to page 196 in your pew Bible. Stand up and either read out loud with us or follow along as you see on the screen. Are you ready? I will lead you. 1 Timothy 1, 12 through 17. Here we go. I am grateful to Christ Jesus our Lord who has strengthened me because he judged me faithful And appointed me to his service, even though I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and a man of violence. But I received mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and the love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance that Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. But for the very reason I received mercy so that in me as foremost Jesus Christ might display the utmost patience making me an example to those who would come to believe in him for eternal life. To the king of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. If you're standing, you may be seated. What a powerful experience for me. Hearing you speak out those words was very meaningful. In the early 1900s, the following ad appeared in a London newspaper. Men wanted for a hazardous journey. Small wages, bitter cold, long months of complete darkness, constant danger, safe return, doubtful. Honor and recognition in case of success. The ad, signed by the famous Arctic explorer Sir Everest Shackleton, brought inquiries from thousands of men. Commenting on this in his book, Be Faithful, Warren W. Weiss said, If Jesus Christ had advertised for workers, the announcement might have read something like this. Men and women wanted 
for a difficult task of helping to build my church. You will often be misunderstood even by those working with you. You will face constant attack from an invisible enemy. You may not see the results of your labor or full reward will not come till after your work is completed and it may cost your home, your ambitions, and even your life. Timothy was a young man who answered Christ's call to help build the church. Although service to Christ is not the most glamorous, many dedicate their lives for Christ's service even today. Timothy was mentored by Paul, who had answered his call to ministry through an encounter with Jesus on the Damascus Road. In 1 Timothy 1 through 12, we see Paul speaking to Timothy about his present, his past, and his purpose. In verse 12, Paul speaks of his present and identifies his source of strength as Jesus Christ. He doesn't attribute his strength to his excellent education or his strong knowledge or Bible training, which he had. He doesn't claim that his strength came from 12 steps to become a better apostle. He credits Jesus Christ with the strength given him. This man who faced incredible trials, beatings, imprisonment, isolation, I want you to hear what he says in Acts 20, 22 through 23, and see Now I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. Paul was forewarned by the Holy Spirit to expect persecution when he went into these places. I don't know that I would have the ability to do the same. And I have to ask what kind of person could handle being warned that he was sure to be despised and jailed and then continue on the task at hand. Maybe the first thought that comes to many of you is it has to be somebody with superhuman strength. Can I tell you it is not superhuman strength that accomplishes that purpose. It can only be accomplished by a spirit-filled human. Paul is quick to give credit to Jesus Christ for the strength that he has, strength to face those sure trials that the Spirit told him would come. What Paul does here in this passage is mentor to Timothy by using his life experience. I have to ask, could that be what's missing in many Christians these days. The Christian life isn't just something that you wear to church on Sunday. The Christian life is a daily lifestyle. And for the Christian lifestyle to be an accurate expression of what God would have displayed in our lives, the strength of the Lord has to be present. A Christian upbringing, college credentials, a six-figure income, none of those things will enable you to face the trials and suffering this life brings. We can only be worry-free if we place our hope in the Lord who promises to give us strength. And those who have been enabled by that spirit to overcome all this world throws at them need to be willing to share that with others. 
The Spirit will work in them the same way that He's worked in me. He will allow you to accomplish and face everything this life throws your way. And I know that because the Spirit has allowed me to face similar struggles. For so long, the church has been so quiet about the fact that we face struggles, that we encounter struggles, that we ourselves suffer. And we've done damage to the body of the church because the younger generation needs to know that, yes, you've been depressed, and by the Spirit of God, you've overcome it. Yes, you've been anxious, and by the Spirit of God, you've overcome it. Yes, you faced addiction, but you broke the chains of that addiction because of the Spirit of God that helped you to overcome it. In verse 12, Paul says it has been set apart for service. He, in, he counted me faithful, putting me into ministry The Lord, the Lord, God considered Paul faithful. The Greek word for faithful refers to one who has kept his pledge faith, for one who was worthy of trust, for one who was reliable. Paul was set apart for service because God considered him faithful. And the ministry that Paul was appointed to was service to God by serving the world that he was in. This is a key factor in ministry that is to be a success. God is the one who does the appointing. And the work that he appoints us to is simple service of others. It's all meaningful. It all matters. We are all, each and every one, called to service of some kind, and God has equipped and enabled us to fulfill that calling or that service. And as we appoint leaders in 2023, or as you are asked to step into leadership, into the church, it's an extremely important thing to remember. Is there ministry that you've been called to or refused because, hey, I'm just not qualified? Can I tell you that you aren't? I'm not. None of us ever is. But please remember that the God who appoints, equips, and enables, and understand This is just as important. There may be things in the church that you are not called to do. This is something that I have to balance in my own life every single day. And many days, if I'm honest, I'm way less successful than I should be. But with every failure, I learn to better discern what I can do and what I can't do. And I am absolutely confident That the success of this congregation is 100% dependent on God calling people into ministry. And God is ever and always faithful to do that. And if you're called, God will not give up on you, but will continue to call you over and over and over again until you answer that call. And it's also dependent on you answering that call. Trusting God to to equip and enable you to give you everything that you need to accomplish that purpose. So we've considered Paul's present, which included his source of strength and his being set apart to do ministry through service. Now let's move on to verses 13 through 15 and consider Paul's past. Paul had a reputation before he became a believer, and it wasn't a good reputation. According to his own, his own testimony, He was a blasphemer, a persecutor, a violent man. In verse 15, he calls himself the worst of sinners. 
We're told about Paul's actions in Acts 8.3. As for Paul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. Paul described himself once again as the worst of sinners. Our mistake or mistakes is number one that we think we recognize the worst of sinners. We just don't recognize that it's us. Or we recognize that it's us and we assume that that disqualifies us from serving. Neither of those are true. The Bible says that all All have sinned and fall short. We are all sinners. We are all on an equal playing field. The good news is Paul's story doesn't end there. Yes, he earned a horrible reputation. Yes, he did terrible things. But let's look at the rest of the story through his encounter with the very Christ he persecuted others for following. In verse 13, Paul says, But I obtained mercy. And in the next verse, he tells us how. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. Not only is grace poured out on Paul in abundance, but also faith and love in Jesus Christ. The same grace, faith, and love are available to all through Jesus Christ. It's not by what you do or why you, what you don't do. It's not what you're qualified for or not qualified for. It is in and through Jesus Christ alone. And it's once that you become aware of that, that you boldly step into your calling knowing that God is ever and always trustworthy. Again, not just by living good lives or being involved in religious endeavors, not by attending church every Sunday or by working your way to salvation, which is not possible. It is a gift offered to each and every one, to all. There truly is room at these tables for all. And all are invited always. God has always been and always will be about the work of seeking out and saving the lost. And I can guarantee you, you, if you yourself are not lost, will encounter someone who is lost this week. Someone who has lost hope, lost faith, lost purpose. Maybe you, like me, will recognize them because you've been there. I don't do it often enough, but this week... I've thought a lot about what my life would be like apart from Jesus Christ, apart from hope, apart from faith, apart from purpose, living in doubt and unbelief. Just a few minutes of mindful, mindful of the difference Jesus Christ makes in my life brings enough inspiration that I want to passionately, passionately pursue my calling to ministry no matter what. My word for 2022, the words that we drew way back in January, was endurance. And trust me, I have needed it. But Christ always brings strength to face every struggle. I need the saving grace and mercy that God gives every single minute of every single day, not just when I'm here on Sunday mornings. And can I tell you from experience, God continues to pour it out. 
generously and abundantly, just as Paul testified in Scripture. Thanks be to God. Which brings us to the conclusion and Paul's purpose to be an example to those who would believe on Christ and receive eternal life. In verse 16, but for this reason I have received mercy so that in me, as foremost, Christ might display utmost patience, making me an example for those who would come to believe in him for eternal life. I thank God that Paul tested God's patience because I'm certain he needed the practice before he got to me. I test God's patience every single day. But that's the point. It's not because in accepting Jesus Christ that we instantly become perfect. It's because God is patient with us in the process of of sanctification. Wish I could say it better than I became sanctified. But God is ever and always patient with us. He never gives in or gives up on any of us. The passage concludes with Paul giving credit to God for his life transformation, saying this, To the king of ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be glory and honor forever and ever. Paul has realized the work is accomplished by God. God's strength, God's call, God's transformation, God's transformational power, God's glory revealed to all. The lost found, sight restored, grace and mercy received, and now used and useful to be an example for others to follow. May we hear and may we go and do and be likewise. Amen.